Hey, and welcome to Sweet Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Brown of IamAndreaBrown.com. For those of you that don't know, Sweet Talk is a podcast in which I get to share my thoughts with you about the critically acclaimed drama, Queen Sugar. Now, this week we are covering season four, episode six, and I'm so excited to be back. We were off last week, but we're back with the jump off. And just like every week, I'm gonna give you my top three moments from the show. So let's jump right into it. Our friend, our baby, our boy, Blue, is still dealing with the harsh reality that Ralph Angel is not his father. Now. Darla has noticed his behavior changing. She's noticed he's been kind of reserved and not really talking that much. And she's concerned, just like any mother would be. And so she tells Ralph Angel, hey, we need to have a little family therapy session. And Ralph Angel's like, mm, it's a no for me. At first, right? And of course, that might be the reaction of any person. Like, I don't really want to have that type of invasive moment. Well, it's especially real with the stigma around mental health in the black community, especially though with black men. And so Ralph Angel was kind of standoffish at first, but because Ralph Angel is who he is, he's always going to do what's best for Blue. And so he went ahead and went through with it. And the therapist came out to their house and they had a conversation with Ralph Angel and Darla and Blue. And it's one thing to note that Blue did carry his girl Kenya with him. And if you don't know, Kenya is Blue's doll that he kind of uses as a emotional support doll. Kind of like kids have a security blanket, Kenya is his security blanket. So when Blue is going through traumatic experiences, that's when Kenya shows up. So the therapist was able to communicate with Blue through Kenya about exactly what happened. And she was able to surmise that Blue is actually doing pretty well and is coping with the situation as best as he possibly can, but to also understand for his parents that he may just not really understand everything that's going on around him yet. And so that they should be kind of cautious and Darla asks the therapist, hey, like, what can we do to support him? And the therapist gives them this exercise. And Ralph Angel's like, uh, not really about that homework life. I'm not really trying to do it. But after he had a conversation with Hollywood, he realized, hey, I need to do this for my son. I don't know if it's really working or not, but I might as well try. And so the exercise was for the parents to write down their dream for Blue. And we see Ralph Angel pull out this legal pad and he writes me and Blue, my dream for Blue, right? And on the, that dream was to see Blue at his college graduation. And I thought that was so beautiful that Ralph Angel was able to step out of his comfort zone and do what he needed to do for his son. But he does that consistently. But especially around this area of mental health, I thought it was beautiful how the writers and the director were able to weave this story in and tell such a nuanced um, story about how we deal with mental health in the black community. And I thought it was really beautiful and I'm excited to see where that conversation takes them in the future. Charlie has officially made her decision to run for city council and she's got the blessing of her girl, Councilwoman Barrera, who's actually stepping out of the seat. And Charlie is like raring to go. She wasted no time. She's already got campaign flyers. She's got posters. She's got a headquarters. And 
at the headquarters on the kickoff day. We have our boy Micah. We have our boy Mr. Prosper who's out there to support Charlie in this initiative. And you know what? Somebody else showed up. Lady Genevieve from the parish next door, right? From the parish across the way, right? She came through. Now, if you don't remember, Mr. Prosper was talking about this lady, Lady Genevieve, to Aunt Violet before he went off to a funeral. And apparently he was going to the funeral of Lady Genevieve's brother. And he was, you know, reminiscing about what a wonderful lady she was. And now, whoop, she popped up. Okay, Mr. Prosper, I see you. And they had a nice little interaction. And you know what? I really enjoy Mr. Prosper, so I was excited to see that happen for him. But not only did Mr. Prosper have a bay at the headquarters, but also Charlie did too, because Romero was right there by her side. And I like their dynamic. Charlie is very high strung, and Romero is always very calm. He actually brings something lovely out of her, I think. I think that he helps her keep cool. And he's always there to provide the support that she really needs. And in this instance, he tells her, hey, you know, I can support you by going to visit with the Latinx communities, but you're going to need to know that they are going to want to see your face. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna send Councilwoman Barrera. No fam, you have to go. You're the lady that people want to see. They already know the Councilwoman. I don't know why she thought that that was gonna be a smart thing. It doesn't matter, Romero loves her anyway. So he set up an opportunity to for her to meet with this very prominent pastor in the Latinx community, Pastor Martinez, at this church function situation. It was like an after church kickback. I don't know what you would call that. Maybe like a bazaar in the black community. I really don't know. But it was like an after church function. There were tamales, it was music, it was, you know, decorations and stuff. And Micah was there and he got the opportunity to see Romero and Charlie interact. And he seems cool with their relationship. He's a little hesitant, which I'm weirded out by since. Um, his dad has moved on and been moved on. So I don't know what he's still holding on to, but he does say that he's happy that she's happy. He seems a little distrustful of Romero, but maybe that's just a boy thing, protecting his mom. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Romero sets up this opportunity for her to speak with Pastor Martinez, and she does. She goes and she approaches him and introduces herself. And in that moment, he's like, hey, Charlie, how you doing? And she's confused as to how he knows her. And I'm like, girl, don't you understand that you are famous? Every time she's taken aback by someone knowing who she is, I'm just like, girl, people know who you are. Your business is in the streets. Like, everybody knows you. Not only <laughs> do people know you as Davis West's ex-wife, they know you as the lady who runs the mill, they know you in the parish. So don't act funny when people say, I know who you are, whatever. Anyway, so she has a good exchange with Pastor Martinez and she's coming in thinking, hey, you know, I'm here. I want you to see that I'm here, like I'm here. So are you gonna vote for me, right? Do I have your support? And he's like, no, like it's gonna take a lot more than just you showing face at one event to get me to support you in this effort. like. I don't really know you and I have to know you. And I think in that moment, Charlie realized this is not gonna be as easy as she thought it was going to be. But the night wasn't a loss because after she had that conversation with Pastor Martinez, she got the little, do a little bachata, do a little salsa <laughs> with Romero. 
which turned into leaving the church function to go bust it down. I don't know if that was like the best thing, but she did. And I was like, okay, like they're moving forward and progressing in their relationship. I'm happy to see her happy, but wow, you went from the church to bus in, church to bus in. Hey, you know, but you know, we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory. Anyway, the next day, <laughs> Charlie goes back to Pastor Martinez and she says, hey, you know, we had a really good conversation and you were right. I really am here to put in the work though. I really, really would appreciate your support. And he was like, you know, it's still not a yes, but I'm willing to hear you out and I'm willing to work towards it. And she was like, yes, a win. So she goes back to the headquarters. She's all excited. Yeah, we're going to do it. She's hyped. and Let's get it, get it, get it. And then boom, somebody throws a brick through her campaign headquarter window. Now, this reminds me of something that could have happened in the 1960s, the 1950s during the civil rights movement. But you have to understand that those mindsets didn't die off during that time, especially not down here in the South. And so same stuff was happening. So the brick flies through the window, glass shatters everywhere. People, of course, are freaking out in the building. Charlie's like, oh my God, is everybody okay? Not realizing that she got a big old cut on her neck. She's bleeding out because the glass hit her. So Romero has to take care of her. But do you think that stopped her? Of course it didn't. It's Charlie we're talking about. Charlie board alone. And you know what she did? Went ahead with her very public announcement went ahead and with the bandage on her neck and all she was unbought and unbossed and ready to take it to the streets and you know what i'm excited for her i think that she's gonna be an interesting candidate to watch in the city council race you also have to remember that jacob boudreaux is running for that seat as well so it's not going to be an easy journey for her especially since her business is in the streets, as I mentioned before, and people do know that she has actually been working with Landry Enterprises, and that's going to come out in the campaign, and that she's actually been benefiting from some of the things that the Landrys are fighting for, and we'll see how that plays out for her within the communities that she's trying to garner support from. I want the best for Charlie. I think that she's very ambitious. She's very... Um, ambitious. I'll just leave it at that. And I hope that she's successful in whatever she's trying to do, because at her core, she really does want what's best for the people. She wants to be able to save her dad's land. She really, really wants to make her dad proud. And I think that deep down inside, everything that she's doing is to try to make up for the way she left things off with her dad. So we'll see how it works out for her. So when we find our prodigal daughter, Nova, she's in the hotel with Octavian. They're canoodling or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't really mess with Octavia, but she gets a call and it's her agent. And her agent says, hey, you've been shortlisted for the National Book Award. A wow, big wow moment, right? She's excited. She tells Octavia and Octavia was like, oh, <laughs> you don't really need that award. That award don't mean nothing. Skirt. Are you joking right now? Wow, that is big hater talk. I was like, I can't even believe this lady just shot her down like this. But then I had to remember who Octavia is. 
She's like the old chick in the club, and she's trying to hitch her train onto the new young hottie to revive her career. So it makes all the sense that Octavia would say something like that. And then, you know, she tried to clean it up in the end and say, oh, no, you know, you don't need an award to qualify. You already justified in who you are. You don't need the award, blah, blah, blah. But Nova was already like, trick, you really just played me. And I think throughout the episode, we see Nova come to the realization that sometimes exes need to remain exes. I mean, Nova went for an interview, and we all know that this is not Nova's thing. She's, you know, uh, used to being an activist, used to being in the streets, used to being one-on-one with people and not having, you know, fluff pieces written about her. So she's in the middle of this interview and Octavia like inserts herself. Well, yeah, Nova was inspired by me just like her sister was inspired by her activism. That's why she's running for city council. Like, bro, nobody was talking to you, sis. Like, you should not even be in the room right now, but you are, here you are. You've hitched your train on for no reason. And so, I mean, it gets worse throughout the episode. Nova and Octavia go to this event where there's a whole bunch of white ladies and they're like discussing the book and we find out something, a key piece of information. Like for the last five weeks, I have been asking, where is the story about Nova's relationship with the married white police officer whose name is Calvin? turns out that it's actually in the book. And I'm thinking to myself like, wow, that should have been the most juicy piece of information that everybody talked about. But instead, nobody talked about it until this week but it's actually in the book, incredible. So the ladies are talking about it and uh, Octavia inserts herself into that. Nova walks away, she's not really about the salacious stuff. She wants the book to really help people and that was just a little drop in the bucket about herself, right? So she's walking around and a lady approaches Octavia and she says, hey, you know, I wanna pitch Nova. I want her to edit this book of essays about race. And Octavia's like, nah, not her. She is not about that life. Pick me. Classic hater move. I was like, girl, you just gonna, you just gonna try to steal the book? And the lady quickly was like, uh, no, actually, uh, this is about fresh voices. You're not quite the fresh voice that we're looking for, but maybe you could write the foreword. Octavia was like, forward are you joking (laughs) thankfully our girl nova heard that and she was like oh no red flag alert alert this lady is really trash not really about that life and so she skipped out on having lunch with octavia she winds up having this interaction with this bartender the bartender like called her like brown sugar and told him told her that they could sweat out her problems if she wanted to i was like wait just a minute young man you are fresh anyway i think that was a good moment for her for her to realize like hey you're still a hot commodity not everybody knows who you are but you're getting there and this man still finds you attractive and so you can you really don't need her like i think she knew that deep down inside but there's Something about people saying things to you that can snap you out of your funk. And I think that's exactly what happened. So Nova goes back to the hotel room and Octavia's salty because she skipped out on lunch. And basically she tells her like, yo, I can't believe that you would actually try to steal a book opportunity from me. And Octavia went 
into a emotional terrorist tirade. I made you. I'm better than you. You can't possibly think that you would be anything without me. I kicked the dirt off you, the country bunking off you, and I was like, yo, this lady is really reaching for it all. Just a few moments ago, you were telling her how much you loved her, and now, because you can't get what you want, she's everything but a child of God. And unfortunately, Nova had to learn a lesson that many of us had to learn that sometimes you need to make sure that you leave your past in the past because it was a thing and it's not a thing anymore for a reason. She had to find out that the hard way and that's unfortunate for her, but I think it will also be a blessing because at the end of the episode, she was finally by herself. And I think that's one thing that Nova hasn't really been doing. While she has been in some type of isolation, she always tries to fill it with somebody else. She's finally alone. She finally gets the opportunity to call Charlie and say, leave a voice message and say that she loves her, that she misses her, and that she's proud of her for running for city council. And I think that as Nova progresses through this journey that she's going on, it's going to be important for her to be by herself and deal with the issues that she's been dealing with. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Sweet Talk. I am your host, Andrea Brown of IamAndreaBrown.com. I've had such a fun time talking with you about Queen Sugar Season 4, Episode 6, but let me know your thoughts in the comments, whether you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or watching on YouTube. Tell me what you think. What do you think is going to happen in the next episode? Now, I saw in the preview that our guy, Calvin, is going to show his face, and of course, Calvin is married white police officer. That's how I like to refer to him because that's who he was. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see how that situation unfurls. I'm not too sure how it's going to work out. And then, of course, our girl Charlie is still going through the city council campaign and people are going to be bringing up her old dirt, which I still don't understand why she thinks people are not going to bring it up, but she doesn't. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about the forthcoming episodes and I'm looking forward to sharing more about them with you. So please do me a great big favor. Rate, subscribe, like, and comment. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. See you soon.